Welcome to the TNT EdTech Podcast. We know tech. We are your hosts. I'm Scott, the teacher. And I'm Matthew, the tech coach. Hello, everybody. TNT EdTech Podcast. Uh, Scott and myself, we just really want to send out a message of hope, hoping that you and your families are staying well, uh, staying healthy, and uh, these are new times that we're in with uh, especially education for everyone, teachers, students, parents, uh, for distance learning as we're headed to the end of the school year. Uh, we're here already in May, uh, if you can believe it. Uh, just think back in uh, when we had winter break, uh, January, we're coming back to school and who could imagine uh, where we would be here in May? But uh, these are definitely new times, trying out new ideas, seeing what's working, uh, reflecting, revising, uh, just trying to provide really good teaching. And on that message of good teaching, uh, just kind of be mindful. Um, good teaching in the classroom is also good teaching with distance learning. So we want to also be careful um, that we're not overloading our students and uh, too much info all at once. Uh, that can be cognitive overload. So just kind of be mindful to hone in on the critical content, what's most important, and break it down into smaller steps. And remember your good teaching, you know, explicit instruction, you know, that I do, we do, you do. Um, what do you think about it? What what are you learning? Kind of ask those questions to the students. What motivates them? Uh, what motivates them for their success that leads to their achievement and their motivation and learning? Uh, working with the students on that and their student choice with their activities. But really with distance learning, it's, it's really about those frequent contacts with those students, that feedback, uh, is super important uh, as we're continuing distance learning. And some of those things that you kind of uh, work through, what a, what does a distance learning lesson look like? So it could be very similar to just like you would uh, uh, have for an essay in a way. You have your opening, your body, your closing. So you're opening, you're welcoming them in a live instruction distance learning or in a, maybe a video recording. Uh, you're reviewing some of the concepts, some prior knowledge. Uh, you're previewing of what you're going to be presenting. Uh, and then the body is that good teaching that I do, we do, you do, giving those practices. And then you have a closing uh, to your lesson in distance learning. Uh, again, reviewing what you already went over, previewing what's coming next, and uh, going over what is that independent work, what is that student pace work, uh, those weekly activities that you might be putting in uh, for the students. Um, and just remember that this is new for everybody. So having opportunities for students to collaborate together, ask questions with you, having that communication and contact is really important um, during these times. Um, and I'm really excited for this week's episode. Uh, we have Andy Kenevan, and you might know him from uh, Twitter, from the hashtag YouCanEvenLearn. Uh, he is a, a teacher and coach out there in the Midwest, in Indiana. I'm from Illinois originally, so definitely appreciate uh, that. Midwestern uh, 
ideas and educators, uh, everything that you're doing. And uh, he's going to be really sharing about ideas with Flipgrid, Microsoft, Mersive Reader. He has some really good ideas. Um, also, who to follow. So he has some good recommendations and a couple ideas for all of us just to really be positive of what we're doing you know, being patient, adapting, being flexible, and not being afraid to ask for help. And today's guest is Andy Kenevan. Uh, Andy is a fifth grade math and science teacher at Zionsville West Middle School in Zionsville, Indiana. Previously, he has taught special education for six years. He's now in his fifth year teaching fifth grade, and he is super active in the Flipgrid community as a student voice ambassador, hashtag grid guide, and executive board member. Last year at ISTE slash Flipgrid Live, Andy was honored with the Flipgrid Empower Award. Additionally, he's a Wakelet ambassador, uh, hashtag Wakelet Wave, woohoo. Uh, Canvas advocate and Microsoft MIE expert who loves learning and supporting others. He is honored to have been selected as one of 10 U.S. MIE experts to attend the Microsoft E2 uh, conference uh, this year in Sydney, although it's been postponed. So I'm looking forward uh, to hearing an update on that whenever that happens. Make sure you follow him at Mr. Coach. K15 on Twitter and follow his hashtag. You can even learn, uh, spelled like his last name, K N U E V E N. Thank you, Andy, so much for being on the show. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's, I'm a longtime listener and glad to be here. Yeah. And thank you for bringing to my attention uh, privately the pronunciation of your name. Did I get it right? Oh, my goodness. That was spot on. Yeah, you can even learn. Like, you can even say it. Um, it's exactly <laughs> how I have my students uh, every year. I kind of prep them as I, you know, say, you know, you can even learn this. Like, we, we put our mind into something and we can make it work. But as I tell parents and I meet people and they try to work on the pronunciation, that I say, you know, you can even say it. And so that's where the you can even learn comes from. So just briefly starting out, uh, I know I introduced you, but, you know, quickly tell us kind of where you're based out of and what your current role in education is. Absolutely. So Zinesville, Indiana is about 30 minutes northwest of Indianapolis. So Indianapolis is right there in the middle of Indiana. But I am currently teaching fifth grade math and science. And uh, this is my fifth year uh, doing that. But previously, I had six years of special ed special education, all within the same Zinesville West Middle School. And then currently, what's your situation with uh, COVID-19? Like, what what's the instructional path looking like now? How are you connecting with your students? So Zionsville, we've actually been uh, fortunate where we've been doing e-learning for really the last eight years. Um, our middle schools have uh, adopted an e-day type of learning where, you know, once a, uh, a month, every so often throughout the year, 
we have an E-Day in the middle school for our professional development for staff. And so it was something that was adopted and approved through the state. And so really October 2012, we've been uh, really doing these E-Days. Now, not to this extent, of course, in the past. So our, our schools, one-to-one for the middle school, the, uh, the E-Day structure that we have, I mean, we utilize Canvas as our LMS. And so as, as you mentioned in the intro, absolutely, I love using Flipgrid to empower and amplify my student voice and, you know, be able to connect with them and still have that, uh, that camaraderie and community. But for our, uh, our usage of being able to share information, I, I have to, obviously, I rely a lot on uh, different digital uh, ed tech tools like OneNote and different products to be able to make that connection. Right. Um, you know, previously I hadn't used OneNote a lot. I'd used it on and off, but I was by no means an expert with that, even though I too am an MIE expert. Uh, same goes for Microsoft Teams, but now with this whole COVID-19 situation, daily I'm in both of those tools and I've learned so much on the fly. Uh, Starting March 20th, I got put into a new position as an ed tech coach. And right now I'm doing both my teacher duties and my ed tech coach duties, juggling uh, both hats. And uh, it's a bit, it's exciting. But what I really like about it is being so well-versed in all of these tools. I'm involved in and out of so many tech tools right now. It's like a dream come true. Uh, for me, really, uh, especially being able to help. I really like giving back, and this is the perfect way. Uh, I'm constantly on calls and doing things. Um, One thing that I'm appreciative of, too, is having had this background ahead of time and positioned my students in such a way to where they're very familiar with e-learning and like you have giving them opportunities to work on this beforehand and how do you think that has impacted your students how much more well off do you think they are as a result of having those embedded e-learning days that you talked about i i really think that it's almost a a a seamless transition on just being able to take what we do in class i do all of my notes digitally like uh, i mentioned with OneNote, but I, I've not really incorporated anything new into our our remote online learning right now. And so that keeps it uh, familiar with our students to be able to just keep that normal routine. Not that I teach digitally, you know, online at school all the time. I mean, that face-to-face interaction is priceless. But as for using the tools, we just have really just amped up our usage. Um, so the familiarity has definitely been helpful using that. And um, I mean, being able to do that when we found out that we were going to be having our online remote learning, the school physically was going to be closed. Um, I spent the the last two days and actually the day that we got our notice that we were going to be closing down, we had an E-Day, which was actually really fortunate that I had already done a, a couple hours of uh, tech training for the entire staff on some different tools and different things. And so that next day on that Friday, we met back up and it was like, all right, now 
it's real. What more, what other questions do you need to know? How can I better help? And I mean, being a, I'm just a teacher, uh, but having that, that tech uh, support hat definitely helps. And so I, I definitely know what you mean being, you know, in that, that teacher role, but then being looked at to help answer a lot of those other tech kind of questions as well. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, my district is now having us record our webinars and record a series of short videos showing how to do things with our LMS. We use Schoology, so we have a ton of Schoology content from beginning, intermediate, and advanced, and then also using our digital ELA curriculum, um, which is StudySync. Um, for the high school levels. And then uh, my co-host Matthew is taking care of Wonders, which is our ELA curriculum for uh, the primary grades. I believe K through six uses Wonders at our, our district. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. It, it's been just a, a whirlwind. Um, I know one of the questions, uh, you know, we tend to ask our guess is what is a pivotal moment in your career through this lens? Uh, is this like a high or low moment for you? The, the whole COVID-19 situation too soon to tell. Um, I mean, it, obviously it's incredibly unfortunate for, you know, where we're at and having to be locked down or not locked down, but more social distancing and definitely not being able to interact with, you know, with our students and with each other and our colleagues. So that part is just a terrible, you know, misfortune, you know, that we have to do. But as for when uh, we got that notice and I emailed out to all of my parents and all of my students and said, you know, this is something that not that we've been training for. And I, I coach, uh, that's where the, the coach part of my uh, hashtag comes in is, you know, I, I coach for, uh, 10 years now. And so, but I, as I tell my, my athletes or, you know, tell my students, like we've trained for this and we've used these tools. It's part of our everyday usage. And so I wanted them to have some comfort in knowing what we're doing is not new in, in that way. Um, but as for a, a pivotal, you know, turning point, this is definitely a big one. I, I, I can't imagine things go back to what we used to call normal. I mean, there's going to be a shift right. in how we use our digital tools and the focus and emphasis on just giving students grace with what we uh, expect and also with each other and our, our administration and with our colleagues. And I think there's definitely going to be a new normal. I mean, that, that's inevitable. Um, but this is definitely going to be, I, I think, an upswing for recognizing, I definitely recognize a lot of the tech tool, tech uh, companies, uh, ed tech companies that have definitely combined and utilize their resources to support teachers and support students in learning and being able to open up licenses and capacities. And I mean, through this entire time, oh my gracious, I mean, just in the last week as you know, I, I always will come back to Flipgrid being a phenomenal tool, but just in the last week, a, a huge update a week ago was Flipgrid added 10 minute recordings. And now just yesterday they added screen recording on top of this. Um, 
So, I mean, it's just an unreal thing that, not that uh, it was just because of this, but I, my understanding is that they were going to release it later on at Flipgrid Live over the summer. Uh, but this is definitely something that tech companies are realizing uh, we can open up a lot of things a lot quicker or we can combine our tools. Uh, definitely, you know, hashtag better together for sure. Yeah, and shout out to Dr. Charlie Miller and his team, like Ann Cosma, who we've <laughs> had on the show too. They're, yeah, they're just phenomenal and they're great people at heart and they sincerely care about educators and care about their users. So I'm so glad that they pushed that forward. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you to bring it up if you didn't <laughs> on your own. Uh, those are some great tools to use. And Flipgrid is definitely a, a tool that will help people during this time of social distancing and distance learning and connecting. And I think it's a safer space than some of the other options that require more tech savviness, if you will. I kind of just made that word up. <laughs> uh, but things like Zoom or Google Meets or Teams even for web calls, uh, while they have a lot of potential for good, I've been reading and seeing on Twitter a bunch of these quote unquote uh zoom bombings uh oh yeah that, no, that's awful. that's a that's a concern and if you want interaction it's really hard to prevent these things uh especially for individuals that are in states where they have to take role and take attendance do you have to do that at your district we do. Um, it's kind of an every three, I mean, at least before we're on spring break at the moment and we go back obviously this next week, but we ha the two weeks before our spring break, right after we found out that we were going to be on leave uh, or with remote learning, that it was every three days we made sure we caught up on attendance, but we also had a counseling lesson. Our All the counselors in the district, all the our curriculum uh, coordinator, they had put together a social emotional learning, a um, type of, uh, I mean, yeah, social emotional learning lesson uh, that definitely supported our students across the board. And so it, it opened up the teachers to be able to do a little bit of extra prep and do a little bit of catch up on who do I need to follow up with? Where are my students, you know, where are my students at? And uh, be able to follow up with those that hadn't shown up, I guess you'd say. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, there's definitely a, a difference of, you know, even when we're in school, we have students that show up every day and they're, atten I mean, they're, they're present, uh, but that doesn't mean that their work has to be, you know, oh, you got nine out of 10 on this check-in assignment and if you don't get nine out of ten then you're absent no i mean there's that's not appropriate and so we have students that they show up and so i simply have a, a microsoft form that i just say all right you know what's your name what i mean one that already signs them in for me but they type in their name they select the date and then it's kind of an exit slip type of you know check of what was your takeaway from today and it helps on be able to capture some of those well what was their their big moment they they are gonna remember to reflect on um especially if i had video notes and so if i do video notes 
it's something that they watch on their own time and they just complete them. I mean, just like in school, if I had notes, I mean, I'm still teaching. It's not just busy work uh, during this time because I do value their time and their education that we aren't just checking out during this time either. But I would definitely, you know, go back and use that form to check on attendance or check on if they followed back up. I have a, a Flipgrid just as a uh, an open platform for office hours, I guess you'd say, that students are able to just check in and say, hey, uh, I have a question about this or how, how they're feeling on things. But I also use that uh, if I see them, then oh, absolutely, they're present. They're, I mark them present for that day. I love how you have the Flipgrid office hours. That's totally something I'm going to still, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to bring that to my district's attention. I think that's a, a great alternative to just standard emails. And um, as you were talking, I was really processing what I'm going to do. So we are technically back. We had spring break last week and we're back this week, but we're not engaging in any new learning. So the next two weeks, we're still just kind of ramping up and we're engaging in webinars and trainings for uh, staff uh, this week. And then next week, parents and students to make sure everybody's well-versed in the curriculum, digital tools, make sure everybody is getting the same um, access to materials as much as possible. Oh, that's and, awesome. um, you know, offering up help and giving them some space. And we're filled in calls right now for students and parents too, but the primary focus is helping the educators get their courses ready, uh, you know, teaching them any new tools that they may not have engaged in like Flipgrid before. And I loved the SEL piece you brought up. My mom's a school nurse mm -hmm. and I was thinking, well, what can she do? What part can she play? Well, I was thinking, Hey, why doesn't she create like hygiene videos or something like self care and even better for the social emotional learning part why not incorporate the counselors? I'm not really sure what they're doing at our district. I know they're doing check-ins, but I really liked your idea of having them do some lessons. That that would be great. Oh, it's a, I mean, it just a, it helps break up the flow, especially for students that it's not just a, you know, they wake up and they're needing to do every course every day. And so it definitely helps break up the, that routine or not to say routine, but it helps break up the monotonous, I guess you could say, of every day on a computer or checking what you're needing to do. Um, but no, I mean, going back to the office hours thing, definitely I would highly recommend is simply make it moderated uh, because students are asking those questions that I can reply back to, but nobody else needs to hear their question as well. So if you moderate that topic, it never shows up on the on the topic itself, when they, re when they reply and you can reply back through the educator dashboard and reply back just to them. And so they get a notification saying, Hey, you know, Mr. Can even replied back to you and they can go back in, they can go through my.flipgrid.com and watch everything that they've ever done, but they can get, they can see it right there as well. So having things moderated helps keep that sense of trust and security as well. And that connection as well. Uh, for students that simply just want to say, hey, you know, 
I miss you. I miss class. I miss, you know, the, the little banter that, you know, students have and, you know, just the, the classroom culture that we have built up all year. Right. No, I, I think that's amazing. And um, that's reminding me, I want you to share out. Uh, so I asked you specifically about like, you know, kind of high or low point with COVID-19, but what about in general? Because you've really kind of jump-started uh, this side of your career. Can you talk about that and how you got there where you were and how you got to where you are now and where you expect to go in the future? Sure. Uh, I mean, as for just like education, ed tech kind of things and social media and just what I'm what I'm up to, um, that, I mean, really the past couple of years have been incredibly exciting. I really have enjoyed the the change in what is going on in the ed tech world. I mean, it's just a, a passion that has sparked. And really, uh, when I, I shifted uh, from the special education you know, structure to the general education, I had to rely on a whole lot more of, I need to create these things for my students. And I definitely, you know, partnered with the general teachers before, but it was a, a great thing that uh, about four years ago, I found the Microsoft Educator Center that used to be the, the Microsoft community, Communities. And that was just an amazing place and platform to find and pursue a personal but yet professional development all my own time. And so I found great things of the, the learning of tools and the uh, teaching pedagogies and approaches that definitely help support students, but then also really educators as a whole. And taking that stuff, being able to practice it myself in my own classroom and then share it with my staff and my colleagues at, at school, I found that, wow, there's a whole lot of things I can share out as well. And so I really beefed up my my Twitter game, I guess you could say. Um, and I, we were talking before the show of the use of Twitter. And it's really, I have my Twitter tagged into or embedded into my Canvas LMS. And so I know that everything I tweet, my students see. And a lot of that is their successes. And that's a really big thing that I need to uh, make sure that they know that I know that they have done a great job. Um, and also it's a great documentation and great record to be able to reflect on. And oh my goodness, I love, you know, the time hop app uh, to be able to go back and I get an update of, oh, here what here's what happened a year ago. Here's what happened two years ago, three years, seven years ago. And be like, oh, oh, that was a really great idea. And I, you know, revamp it and, you know, improve it for what we currently can do now. Um, so really, I mean, it's just been a, a layering aspect of what more can I add into to make a better connection with the content, but then also with the, with our students and what we, what we work on in class. Um, and so it was, a couple years ago, uh, 2017, the summer, I uh, for a few summers, I uh, ran a intro to computer skills uh, because my middle school were a one-to-one uh, setting. And so our elementaries, students use computers, but at the same time, it's not every day in every class. And so I taught a one-to-one computer skills, teaching that digital citizenship, teaching just those basic 
navigation of our LMS and how we do things. But I came across on Twitter a what professional development book are you reading at that time? And it was, you know, instead of it just being a reply back, it was a Flipgrid. And at that time, I had no idea what Flipgrid was. And so it's like, all right, you know, I'll let this sit. And then I saw it again later on. I was like, all right, I'm going to check this out. And I don't know what it, this, well, I mean, it's the magic. I mean, I was going to say, I don't know what the spark was, but it's magic. I mean, there's the magic that shows up when you record that response. But then I had the idea of, oh my gosh, I can use this to just get a takeaway reflection for my students during this one week, you know, camp. Uh, and their responses were impressive and be able to tell me, oh, this was a really great thing for what I can apply, or this is something that I learned a lot about. And so I was like, oh, you know, I can now use this now within my general teaching in math and science. And so that just spiraled and snowballed into what I do all the time throughout the year now and help teach other people, you know, different ideas. And that's the amazing thing of Twitter and a PLN is connecting with other people because, I mean, an idea of recording a response is something, you know, all right, it's, it's nothing crazy there. But at the same time, when you take that and you see somebody else's and then you get an idea and you spark a new idea and then you snowball that into, oh, here's another thing. And, oh, it'd be great if we could do this and that. And you start app smashing. And and now we're where we're at today with all these new tech improvements and uh, being able to help share a lot of this with other people has been, I mean, it, I have really loved everything that's been going on the last couple of years uh, within the ed tech world. Yeah. Wow. I'm just blown away by your journey and how quickly everything kind of just seamlessly fell into place to make all that you're doing possible. Uh, it's a lot. And I follow your work uh, closely uh, because you always have solid content on Twitter. I like that I can get these little quick snippets, very much like uh, Jake Miller from the Edgy Oh, yeah hashtag and podcast oh, he's awesome uh, yeah <laughs> they're yeah they're they're great like little short bits it's not overwhelming i don't have to do like a whole webinar it's a quick simple practical tip that i can put into place immediately i can what? learn it in minutes and put it into place in minutes no i think that there's a lot of benefit to i mean before the the 140 character limit now the 280 you know, limit to it. But we live in such a instant gratification kind of structure that images and videos and gifts. Now I'm a hard G, you know, gift person. I don't know how everybody is going to say GIF or GIF, but the idea of, with you. Oh gosh. Oh right, goodness. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, having, and I love making gifts out of what, like a quick walkthrough of something. Um, one, because it auto plays. So if you miss something, it just rolls and it loops around. And I do that with my students in class is I'll make a GIF of navigating something or doing something within a calendar post on Canvas. And just plugging in some of those has been a really helpful just workaround of needing to repeat myself on, on things. But 
it is a, a, a short burst of information, and that's where Twitter has been phenomenal to you just do a quick scroll through and you you always are finding something out there that it's like, oh, that's so cool. Now I'll either bookmark it or I'll you know like it and I can go back through my own likes and find that again or I'll retweet it. And it's just an amazing platform to be able to connect with so many people and celebrate each other's you know success and progress. I like that last part you brought up with um, celebrating everyone else's success and progress. I I strongly believe in that. That was a lesson I learned during my graphic design days. I had a coworker that was really good with stuff. And initially I was intimidated and I thought, oh, hey, it's a competition. But once I learned to work in conjunction with that buddy, uh, I did so much better and we learned from each other. And I became better together really as a result of him sharing so willingly and freely. And I saw how it benefited him too. People recognized his um, genuine skill and also appreciated his willingness to share. And that leads me to my next question for you. You were talking about the gifts. I'm always asked, uh, how do you quickly create gifts? What are you know some tips you have? What tools do you use to create your your gifts? Oh, ab- I absolutely. I, I, for, uh, for our oh, goodness, I, for a while I would be like, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to share that because that would be it's like a small magical piece. But no, just like you said, when we you know we share out this information, other people start using it, and then they make something, and it spawns a new idea that I learned from. And so, oh, absolutely, I'll share all of it. Um, Image Play is an app that I actually just did an app smash, the the March app smash challenge with Flipgrid that uh, I shared and highlighted just a quick walkthrough of it. Um, but no, Image Play is a great app that it's really my go-to uh, that I'll, I can import pictures or video or even another GIF and layer text or layer other images and just create a a quick and easy moment. And so if I recorded something, I can just take that, import it into image play, trim it down, add some text, add some little effects to it. And I think I honestly, I've had it for a few years. I know that there's like a a free light version. And I think I paid a couple bucks uh, for the full usage of it. But that's my quick and easy go to snap. I, you know, create a new GIF. Oh, I like that. What I've been using currently is either my Android device. I followed a tutorial from Claudio Zavala. and oh, He's awesome, uh, too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he, he's a good guy. We've also had him on the show. Uh, and then I'll also use Camtasia, and I'll take a screencast mm-hmm. video and then make it into a GIF. Now, I'll do that, that with my computer. Yeah, when I create a, a loop on my or a GIF from my computer, I'll use Camtasia. And that's, that's my go-to, I guess, when I do something on my computer is I'll record it that way through Camtasia. And then that has a nice clip and you can make it a GIF out of, out of Camtasia. So no, awesome tools. Yeah. I'm loving those tools. Uh, during this time, especially what are like some workflow or productivity pro tips you have? Oh, uh, I, so I talked about it a little bit before, but OneNote. Uh, I don't know 
what I would do without OneNote. It, it would be uh, it'd be a challenge, a struggle to not have these digital notebooks that I have my content library, my teacher notebook that I do all of my notes, you know, with digital ink, I'll make a, a, an outline typing it up and my students, I can distribute it out to them. So I've eliminated this. I lost my copy kind of thing. And so I can do this even from home is I can create a page in OneNote, distribute it out, and it's showing up on my students' OneNote notebooks, even at home. So it's just a phenomenal use. I can take a PDF, I can take a picture, distribute it out. We just did a whole you know unit on Atoms. And so I'm able to actually do, I did a live lesson with OneNote. And so I was doing all of my notes. Uh, I use a, an iPad with a stylus and I was doing all my notes that way. And it just immediately shows up on their end. But they're, you know, in, the hope is that they are filling out their notes as well while I'm going through and explaining these things. But I can illustrate, I can draw, do lots of digital ink annotation. And then I can go back in and I can look at their notes. And so before we left uh, on our remote learning. I mean, it's my go-to where I you know, take a, a set of information and I push it out there. And then if a student is needing information, if they have that as an accommodation of having access to class notes, or if they miss school, it's not a, well, what do we do? And be like, well, check OneNote, check Canvas, look at what we did. All of my information is there. Um, and I can actually then go back and I can re replay it, especially like with math or if I'm explaining a section, you can you know select and highlight and replay exactly what you wrote out or typed out. Um, and of course, then OneDrive. And I think that that might be a overlooked tool uh, that we live in such a cloud-based you know structure. But OneDrive, oh my gracious, I don't know. I, I, I think I check it every day. I know I do that on my computer, but even having the OneDrive app, so both OneNote, OneDrive, they have apps uh, that I can you know access off my mobile device and I can scroll through and find a document, find some presentation and access it anywhere. So that productivity, that workflow is just enhanced and it's amazing how much time you save using these kind of uh, resources. Right. I love that. I really appreciate you brought up the app versions um, of of those tools, particularly OneDrive, because if I need a file, if it's on there, I can access it anywhere, especially on my mobile device. Like, oh, for example, when I had my interview for the EdTech position, uh, one of the things we had to do was create a presentation on the spot and then deliver it. So I had a half hour to create a presentation, but because I used the search features of my my OneDrive, I was able to get some bits and pieces from other presentations and then compile those all together to meet the needs of this presentation I had to give. And then I had very little that I needed to add. Oh, that's uh, genius. Yeah. And it, it made me successful. I got the job. So oh, brilliant. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, you know, and I learned that from people like you on on Twitter. I think it's so important that we stay connected, especially now more than ever. Eric Qualman, you can find him on Twitter at 
equal man. Uh, he has said that the time to have a PLN is before you need it. So if you don't have one already, that doesn't mean don't not get one, but get one uh, right away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be very expedient because you're going to need that in terms of resources, support, and fresh ideas. So, you know, and figuring out how to not reinvent the wheel. If something's been done, uh, like the classical teacher adage, uh, big borrow still, you know, do that with permission using Twitter. Teachers are very giving and generous just like online, just like they are in person. So I've oh, been absolutely. really blessed. Yes. I mean, yeah. I remember, you know, coming across a, a math geometric tool that I, it was again, something that I'm just scrolling through and I saw this, this image. And it, again, it's the image kind of things that catch your eye. And it was on finding area of, you know, some uh, triangles and different geometric uh, figures. And, I just messaged the guy and it was a, you know, Hey, you know, can you share this? And he sent me a link right away. And it's amazing that one, he was in Germany. And so it's not just a uh, United States kind of connection. I mean, it's a global connection and that's what makes this amazing. And so powerful is to have that PLN and can just continue building it and growing and interacting with each other. Oh, that that interaction is so important and it builds relationships. Uh, I was really looking forward to connecting with you at ISTE this year and now it's been postponed. So <laughs> we'll still have to connect in real life, but uh, we'll just have to wait a, a little bit longer. Oh, it, absolutely. It means a lot. Like, Maybe, yeah. It'll be, a, I, they just rescheduled it to later on in November. Uh, that last weekend of November. So uh, it's still Anaheim and uh, hopefully schedules work for everybody that was planning on being there and events and, you know, people, but uh, no, that that's an amazing connection place. No, I just the experience I've had, I know you talked about Flipgrid live. It was so cool to be in the stands or the crowd, if you will, um, to see you, you up there like, Hey, I know that guy. I follow that guy. <laughs> it, it, it's so cool. So I could take joy in um, you receiving that or uh, seeing Kathy Kersnowski, who I also had on the podcast and who's coming out with a book. Yes, the seven Sailing Seas. the seven yeah. seas. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be phenomenal. I think, or I don't know for sure, but my hope is that it'll come out in the summer um, for some reading. Uh, because that that book's great. I've seen bits of it, and I can't wait to share it publicly. And of course, get a signed copy by them. They're doing great work with Microsoft. Oh yeah, uh, Kathy Kersnowski and, yep. and um, Becky. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, who are some people we should follow on Twitter? Oh, who would you uh, recommend? So, I mean, you're talking about books. Um, the, I mean, the Merrills, uh, and I mean, it's almost like that's just who they are. I mean, they're the Merrills. If you don't know who they are, uh, you definitely need to, you know, connect with them uh, on Twitter, but they're all over the place. But Joe and Kristen Merrill uh, at the Merrills EDU um, is like their their team uh, name. But uh, 
Kristen, friends in fourth, and then Joe, Mr. Merrill's class. Oh my gosh, they are so amazing and just as genuine in our online as they are in real life and supportive of each other uh, or of everybody, but definitely of each other there. I mean, it, it's almost a common, you know, feel of my wife. She also teaches. And so she's not as big on, you know, Twitter. I, I always encourage her to be like, oh, you should tweet that out. And, you know, other people need to see the stuff that you're doing, but she just doesn't, you know, jump on that. But Joe and Kristen, I feel like that's a, a common connection that uh, meeting them at ISTE last year, phenomenal people. Um, another person would be a, a colleague that I actually met f- like five years ago uh, in Indiana. Uh, she taught a different district at the time, but her name is Stevie Frank um, at Stevie Frank 2323. Uh, so at Stevie Frank 23. Um, and she's doing some really incredible things with student podcasting. Um, it's a really impressive thing that, you know, we are, we've been talking about a lot this year, uh, just in casual conversation before school passing periods, but she's a fifth grade teacher, humanities teacher, and has really done some great things in just a short amount of time with student podcasts. And a third one, oh my goodness, uh, Chris Gerard, he is, I would, I can't wait to meet him in real life, uh, RL, but uh, he's a, a friend uh, in Scotland that I've connected with uh, through Twitter. And then really I tweeted out a, a video of a student and the, or at the end of each semester, I, uh, I do a wrapping up the semester type of uh, event to just have a little bit of recap of things that we've talked about in class, but students write a song rhyme or rap, uh, an original song or a parody about something that we've talked about in class. And so I had a student that he did a rap about our planets and Scott or, and Chris uh, Gerard, he, he messaged me and he's like, this is awesome. And I want to write, I want to make a, a, a response back to your student. So uh, Chris is such a genuine person. Uh, I can't wait to meet him in real life. We were supposed to meet up at E2 this year, but he can be found at, at C Gerard, G-E-R-R-A-R-D 02. And I mean, just a, a great guy. No, I follow uh, Chris and the Merrills, but now I'm going to have to follow Stevie as well. So thanks for that. They're, there's always somebody that I'm not following that I should be. And so I love that I'm able to still grow my network, even though I feel it's pretty substantial right now. And I love digging into the international content, like contacts like Chris. Um, it's so cool. And then it's neat when you're able to collaborate across the seas. Oh, yes. Uh, it, it's such a, a cool concept. And I love being transparent about that and sharing that aspect with my students. They get a kick out of it. They're like, whoa, that's so cool. Like, how do you do that? And then I just model that for them because as global citizens, um, as we go more and more digital and kind of, um, you know, go borderless, I guess, in a sense, uh, digitally with education or with learning or with business, they need these skills and where are they going to learn it from? We don't explicitly teach how to do that, but if we model it and share little pieces in our classroom, 
then they're getting those digital citizenship skills that are going to help propel them forward in the future. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what a phenomenal lesson to provide your students at such a young age, because I I mean, I had friends that I, I knew were from England growing up, but never would I have imagined that it's almost daily at this point that I am talking to somebody, whether it's in a uh, Twitter DM or some kind of Teams uh, discussion with somebody from another country. And I think it's just something that our our world is just going to get smaller and have that our community bubble is actually going to just get bigger. And we have just a larger community now and it's a global community because we're all needing to support each other for sure. Right. And with this um, COVID-19 pandemic or crisis, however you want to label it, we're seeing that all around the world, that need, that genuine need to connect to share, um, or like Vernon Wright uh, says all the time, connect, impact, and scale. We're able to, you know, level up oh, beautiful. together. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. And speaking of leveling up, uh, what are some tech tools on top of Flipgrid and OneNote that our listeners should be using right now? So the immersive reader, I cannot think of a more powerful tool than the immersive reader. And it's not just like a single tool. It's not something that you go online and you're going to, oh, I'm going to download the immersive reader. It's already there. And I think that's what makes it so incredible is that you can go to Flipgrid and have captions on and then have that already turn it into the immersive reader. Well, it'll turn and be able to show you parts of speech and help with visual uh, supports. But also... The there's a third little tab in the immersive reader. Once you've already you've uh, selected that in any of the Microsoft tools, there is that it will allow you to even translate it, and it has been such a game changer. Even in my teaching with students that are uh, ELL or ENL, and I can take a OneNote set of information to document and I already have a complete set on my own. I don't need them to worry about trying to copy something over, but I can go through and translate that immediately into their native language. And it is, I mean, seeing the, their, their eyes light up and be like, Oh my goodness, I understand this now or take that and share it out with families and parents. It, I mean, there's over 60 languages that it will help translate to, it, I, I can't speak high enough about the immersive reader um, and saying how it's embedded already into so many things. But uh, another tech tool that immersive reader is in as well is Minecraft, uh, the education edition and Minecraft. I, a year ago at this time, I had never actually, I've never, I want to say played, but I, I've never really explored. It wasn't until ISTE, that I discovered that my district had thousands of licenses that we just weren't aware of at the time. And I, I emailed our uh, tech data team and when, before even leaving the airport and it was like, this is something I, I want to make a success. We have to look into this. And so before school started, we had, you know, things connected and the Minecraft is such a massive, uh, platform to cross over so many different curricular ideas 
to be able to have students build and create visually understandings, but then also there's so many worlds that are already created in Minecraft. Uh, so right. right now, even with uh, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, that there is, if you have an Office 365 uh, account, your school does that, you, it, you can get Minecraft uh, Education Edition for free. Uh, it's open to anybody with an uh, Office 365 and you just go in, fill out a form, submit, and uh, you'll get more information from them for sure. But that has been a great thing that even to the point that I have uh, for our homeroom in fifth grade, we have uh, built up this year of a Flow Friday. And it really just builds still uh, student advocacy and that self kind of passion of what they want to learn more about. And so each teacher... Our fifth grade is just a little under 300 uh, in my building. And so each teacher we've uh, in fifth grade, we've split up to a different topic and mine was Minecraft. And so each Friday for 25 minutes, students, you know, come in and we play Minecraft. Uh, and part of it is using the monthly build challenges and others, you know, they have a mindful night to focus on that SEL uh, you know, lessons uh, and concepts, but uh, it just seeing their creativity and their innovation flourish is an amazing tech tool that more people need definitely need to utilize. I think you're absolutely right. I've experienced some success with it in my classroom. For example, I had a set of students last year create a review game for the novel night which is a, about the holocaust so it, it's a dark topic but they found a very creative way to gamify it if you will it was really tricky and we had to get lots of professional feedback from educators on how to do that properly and tastefully and so um we worked on, and this was their idea, they worked on recreating from images um, from Google Maps, they recreated Auschwitz, and uh, they removed the violent elements and labeled things. And then you they created a train that you would ride very similar going up to Auschwitz. Oh, that gives me chills. Long, oh, that's yeah, that's yeah, such it, an it, amazing it, immersive learning moment. Right. And on the boards, they had questions and answers related to the novel. Like, you know, as you're you're approaching from outside the, the encampment, like where where does the novel take place? You know, who's the main character? Uh, you know, real basic kind of um, DOK one and two knowledge-based questions. No, no higher order thinking things, but things that would help you for basic elements of a test or quiz, or that would quickly summarize the novel if you needed a review and you go around the different places uh, in Auschwitz to answer these questions. And it gives you a visual representation. So very powerful. And it was, we needed to have a lot of rapport uh, and communication in order to make it tasteful and very clear what the intent and use of this, you know, world was to be, you oh, know, absolutely. it was, you know, very historical in nature. Um, but we had to 
systematically remove those violent and offensive elements, but still be true to the historical, um, you know, just atrocious acts mm-hmm. that that took place. It, it was a real challenge, but three of these students stepped up and they got tons of feedback from me and our Twitter educational community. And I'm really pleased with how it turned out. And, and I'm what seeing a, teachers. Yeah. What a learning things moment. Now. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, I ran into one of the, the main students on that project this year and he was so glad I still had that project. And it gave him such a sense of pride, especially since classically he isn't like an academically driven student. His interests are elsewhere, but he was able to achieve something so great and it gave him such a sense of pride. It's ultimately what we're looking for, especially when we have those hard to reach students that others may write off as, you know, unreachable you're able to reach them through these differentiated tools. And so we were able to connect through a video game. And that was just a heartwarming uh, series of moments for me last year. And now I can share that with other students and they can review the novel as we're going through it. What a fun way to do it rather than just giving them a worksheet. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you were to show them a, a video and say, all right, you know, you, you saw it, you saw a picture and we move on. But to actually put yourself into the scale and the size and immerse yourself into that type of environment, those kids will meet. They'll remember that forever. And you more likely sparked something from a student that you otherwise would never have reached using that. And I, I mean, I had a student that she gave me feedback at, at our mid-year and said how she really thought that Minecraft was really just for gamers and not really something that she ever would consider. But doing that with building the moon phases uh, in Minecraft, it was a spark. And she's like, I love it. And it's actually really cool. So you've definitely you know, level the playing field with having the kids that that is their, their vehicle. That's their, 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 their joy are going to eat that up. And then opening this door to others that otherwise would never have considered it, realize what power and, you know, possibilities they can, you know, achieve using this as well. Right. And I have to give a big shout out and thanks to, uh, Glenn Irvin and Mike Washburn and Steve Isaacs for turning me on to that and letting me know that the entry point for something like that doesn't have to be very exhaustive and heavy on the part of the teacher. Many of the students are familiar with this technology and just given the opportunity, they can take something like this and run with it. And they were able to teach me how to use the tool. And then it helped me in my proficiency with Minecraft, learning how to navigate the world. And they made a video tutorial for me on how to access the game, how to import it, all of that, how to share it out, how to get to the portion of the world they created that had the train tracks and how to operate uh, the train and get it to start 
and stop and kind of go on this tour and how to read the Q&A boards that that they did. So a ton of work went into this. I, I think they spent about uh, eight weeks on it. Wow. Uh, so it was really neat. Yeah. And we did other stuff too, mind you, but there was a dedicated day each week for that. And then the rest they did on their own. So um, it was just great. And I hope they continue to do things like that, or it helps just give them um, the sense of ownership, you know, a win that they can take and look back and say, hey, you know, school wasn't so bad, you know. I had this great win. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. Um, totally out of that for sure. Propel them forward. Um, before we go, I do want to get like your feedback on books that our, our listeners should be reading. I'm hoping that some people have some more time uh, with, you know, um, the distance learning going on to get some reading done and to kind of level up, if you had to make some recommendations on books, what would you recommend? Absolutely. So the 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 time that has now been presented to each other with this remote learning, if you don't come out of it, you know, better than what you walked into. I mean, that's a I mean a dedication. You got to step up and do something. And there's so many things out there now. Um, but and it's I am still working through it. it this. This winter, this spring has definitely uh, created a lot more activity than I expected before, but I had started it before and I'm you know, still working into it. But again, going back to Joe and Kristen Merrill, um, they have the interactive class. And so it is just a phenomenal read, no matter what level you are, whatever uh, usage, it's not just all you know tech-based, but I mean, there's a lot of things that you can take and use. Now, obviously, it's a a lot of things are some you want to interact with your students with. But at the same time, there's a lot of tech things that you could take and incorporate into your remote learning right now and definitely plan for next year to make it just more interactive, especially right now, having a uh, a, a distance within our students uh, I was actually reading it this morning and uh, tweeted out a, a book snap, I guess you'd go back to, but uh, it was just a quote that resonated with me, uh, you know, thinking back on all this and uh, just uh, saying, you know, are, if you're giving your students opportunities to speak and use their voice to solve problems and think critically, um, you know, if the students didn't have to come to cl- in, into your class, would they miss the time they spend with you? And right now more than ever. I mean, that just like hit me of they can't come to class. So I need to make class more interactive to reach them right now. Um, so again, the interactive class by Joe and Kristen Merrill, the phenomenal people, but great book uh, for sure. Um, and then I, I'll be honest, I have not, you know, opened it yet. I just got it yesterday. Actually, I was so excited, but there's the Microsoft infused classroom. Uh, I, I just arrived in the mail yesterday, so I'll definitely get further into that. But another amazing read of some great tools and uses uh, for, you know, for the classroom and definitely a digital age. 
No, I'm waiting to get my hands on that one as well. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, so many great people involved in that one. Oh, uh, Holly, Holly Clark. Clark and, uh, yep. Tanya, uh, Tanya Averitt. The Merrills again. And, and who else? There's a couple more. Uh, oh, um, Natasha, uh, Felicia, uh, Ford. Uh, and then uh, actually the Mike uh, Tolson. He wrote the, the forward of it. Oh, he is a, a one note. Am- I, oh my gosh. I could, um, I almost want to say like He's a fan, fan, fan girl, fan boy. He is a yeah. amazing guy. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the same idea, like the forward for the interactive class was by Dr. Charlie Miller. Uh, another like just amazing people that have, you know, done. And I mean, it's one of those, like you, you talk the talk, but I mean, they walk the walk as well. So it's pretty amazing. Right. No, I've been thinking about uh, Dr. Charlie Miller and how well balanced he is. I, I've been meaning to reach out and to see if he's still keeping up his fishing with the whole social distancing because he's an avid fisherman. Uh, his A little bit about his story real quick is uh, when Flipgrid started to take off, he was kind of, or before it, I guess, uh, he had to decide like, Hey, do I become like this pro fisherman or do I become like a university professor and go that route? And that's the route he went. And because of that, we have Flipgrid and now it's helping out so many, but he's still very active with, uh, fishing and he's a very involved dad. Uh, I'm amazed at his work life balance. So he's definitely a mentor of mine and somebody, you know, I follow closely so I can learn and kind of level up through his example. Oh, ditto to all of that. That's yeah. He's an amazing person to you know look up to and definitely great community and family. I guess you'd say of friends and family uh, out there that definitely inspire everybody. And then as we close, what's one piece of advice, especially right now with, the COVID-19 pandemic going on that you want to leave the audience with? Um, oh goodness. To, to be patient and then also, you know, find the positive in what you're doing and positivity is such a powerful thing. Um, that not everything may go perfect the first time that when you try to do something and especially right now, a lot of people are trying a lot of new things be patient with it and, you know, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help, but be flexible, adapt to the situation that you're in, especially this is unprecedented. I mean, we don't have a, a backing to say, oh, well, this is how we did it last time. I hope we never have another time, but um, find the positive in what we're doing and making those connections and having, uh, I mean, there's a quote uh, that uh, General uh, Colin Powell that, I mean, uh, perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. And so when we combine this, this positivity, it's an amazing thing of what actually could occur and supporting each other, surrounding yourself with other people like that. Uh, you know, just be patient. Things, amazing things will happen for sure. Thank you so much for being on Andy and to our listeners, make sure you're following Andy on Twitter at Mr. Coach k15 and follow his hashtag you can even learn spelled k-n-u-e-v-e-n just like his last name thank you so much oh thank you scott the phenomenal thank you again for having me
Thank you for listening to the TNT EdTech Podcast. You can follow us on any podcast player of your choice. Also on Twitter at TNT EdTech. Follow us on the web at www.tntedtech.com. TNT EdTech Podcasts are powered by Q and a member of the Family of Fine Podcasts on the Unpodcast Media Network. Helping explain education one podcast at a time. Visit Unpodcast Media Network of Podcasts at unpodcastmedia.com. We're also sponsored by the nonprofit Q. Q inspires innovative learners by fostering community, personalizing learning, infusing technology, developing leadership, and advocating educational opportunities for all. Visit Q at Q.org.